Hey, what's up, guys? This is Mac McDonald. Welcome to another episode of Grainy Days Podcast. I am joined by neither of my podcast brothers today. So I want to talk about what's going on and some changes that we're going to have. Thankfully, the changes are temporary. So I think Dustin, in just a couple hours, it's 7.20-ish West Coast time. Uh, Dustin, in a couple hours, is going to be an overnight flight to North Dakota. He's going to do cool things in the Dakotas. Super jealous of that guy. Cool thing, what Dustin's doing while he's out on the road, he's going to be dropping in 5, 10, 15-minute field notes while he's out on his trip. So that'll be cool to be getting updates from him. Pete, he couldn't join tonight. He's working so much here recently. I think he's pulling like nine days in a row, and then he's got to shoot weddings. So Pete's crazy busy. So what's awesome for Pete you know, and the listeners is he's going to put out a solo show as well. So over the next couple of weeks, you guys should have a higher frequency of shows, varied voices. You don't have to hear all of us at once. And uh, we'll have a couple of great uh, perspectives from the fellas on the road. So I think it's a good thing. Past week's been really busy. Um, you know, I missed that one show with Gutterman. I've been traveling so much for work here recently in my day job that, man, it's been really hard to coordinate with the guys. And that's another reason all of us are having separate shows, but traveling quite a bit. Been recording a ton of YouTube videos for my Mac Shoots Film YouTube channel, but it's like shooting film where you'll shoot 11 billion rolls of film and you never get them developed. And then you have like this massive backlog of potential awesomeness, but you're just like, oh my God, I've got to develop all that and then scan it. And if you're scanning, uh, that takes a while. My images take about five minutes per to scan. So an average shoot is three to four rolls. I'm shooting 35. So 36 exposures per roll times five minutes per scan. You, you get the picture. It's uh, it's adding up. Uh, and that's the same with my YouTube videos. YouTube videos, they take forever to edit. But I love doing it. I love the content when it's out there. But it's super helpful for me, especially a lot of videos. I've been doing the comparison comparison of film stocks so like you know i'm just getting back into film i wanted to know what film suited you know my shooting style so i did all the comparison stuff and i was like you know what i'll just record videos while i do it same concept with the cameras that i bought so it's been awesome for me it forces me to really focus on the attributes of the film and the film bodies that i'm shooting and focus and pros and cons for the videos so Recording another video. I'm recording a video for the F3, one on how I edit my scans. I'm actually going to record tomorrow a video for my Mamiya, that, uh, Mamiya 645 that I recently bought. Got a ton of shoots. I, I literally just came from a photo shoot like 15 minutes ago. Haven't even had time to eat, but I did have time to pour vodka. So uh, the quality of this podcast may degrade as time goes by. I apologize in advance. Um, oh, back to the video thing. I'm be totally random for a minute. I, I got an intern. That's the craziest thing ever. So <laughs> this a friend of mine, she's a teacher and one of her students is doing an internship. And her, her intern, her student was like, hey, I edit video. And I was like, is this real life? Uh, send her to me now. So I had uh, a Zoom call with my intern today. And she's going to be doing the rough cuts on the Nikon F3 video. That's rad because that's like literally 103 videos that I clips that I recorded. I feel very sad for her, but that's intern life, y'all. All right. Uh, yeah, a bunch of shoots coming up, shooting a ton of 120. I have two shoots tomorrow and then one on Sunday. So I'm really going to become super familiar with my Mamiya 645. We'll see how that goes. Okay. So, I mean, that's the, the new format, right? So, the guys are going to be randomly uploading episodes, so you guys are going to get a ton of perspectives from different locations for the next few weeks. I'm excited, too, because it's all new content for me as well. I get to like support the Granny Days podcast by listening to my bros do their thing. I really like that. Yep, caught up on my week. Not, not a lot of gas these past couple weeks, meaning I haven't bought a lot of gear. Uh, I've been giving away and selling gear, actually. I, I sold a Nikon F5 just to buy like 11 billion rolls of film. I was like, I'm either going to have to tell my wife that I need to buy a shit ton of film. I can just sell a camera and buy a shit ton of film. No fight, no fuss. And you know what Mac chose? Mac chose to sell that F5 because that motherfucker weighs 6,000 pounds, guys. And, you know, I'm just trying to lean out. I'm not trying to bulk up, so I can't carry 6,000 pound cameras. Come on. All right. 
So let's talk about a new segment that I'm going to have on the Mac Solo shows. So this segment is going to be called Dumb Questions from the New Film Shooter. All right. So before you guys flame me on the interwebs for saying, oh, you're deterring questions to the community. Let me tell you, I love every single new film shooter. Absolutely. It's just to kind of like disarm that, that that phrase right out of the gate, because I think everyone feels so awkward and uncomfortable asking new questions. And really, it, it's a it's an old science that's coming back right everybody knew how to shoot film back in the day the people who were photographers right so that that knowledge was everywhere then it kind of like died off when people went to digital and now there's a resurgence and this there's a real crater in the the social hole uh of knowledge for film related stuff that's another reason i created a youtube uh film channel because uh, there's like there's nothing film related to watch right and as a new film shooter <laughs> you have to ask people hey man you shoot film yeah okay can you tell me how to load film it's like the most basic stuff it's just uh not something you can pick up super easy and then there's so many freaking cameras there's so many freaking formats um you see where I'm going with this. There is an absolute um, drought of information out there. So what I'm doing is every week that I do a solo show, I'll have someone call in who is a new film shooter. They'll know the deal. If You, you guys can email me at uh, us at grainydays at gmail.com if you want to participate in the dumb questions from the new film shooter, and we'll get you up on the show. Come prepare with about five to ten questions. And, you know, we'll go through them, and remember that everyone's experiences are different, so there's there, there probably is a right answer, but there's going to be several uh, derivations of that right answer as well, and uh, I'll provide the Mac version uh, of that. So I'm, I'm pumped about the new segment. The very first uh, person to partake in the dumb questions from the new film shooter is Max Grandy. We've got him on the call. Welcome to the show, Max. Hey there, Mac. How's it going? Loving life and living the dream. Uh, so let me give you a quick intro. Let, let, let me do a Mac intro. Normally I'll let the guests give their background, but let, let me set this one up. So Max is in upstate New York. Uh, I joke all the time and just say he's a Canadian because he's close enough to Canada and you guys will hear his Canadian accent here in a, in a moment. Uh, <laughs> I know Max from back in the day. So one cool thing about photography, it's like created a lot of friends for my wife and I. And when I switched from weddings to portraits, I was just shooting any model I could. Max hadn't even, I don't think you had started dating Katie yet, had you, when I met her? No. No, we were just friends, I think, at that yeah. point. Yeah. Air quotes, just friends. Uh -huh. <laughs> but so, <clears throat> yeah, Katie, um, she lived in our building and she, she, I heard she was modeling. I was like, hey, you want to shoot? And she was like one of the first models that I shot. And, you know, she became friends with us because my wife lived in the building. She had a dog. We had dogs always at the dog park, blah, blah, blah. Then Max starts dating her. He slid into her DMs. He's like, hey, girl, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. They start dating. And then we all become friends, right? And then Max and Katie, you guys moved it back to 1016 Lofts because you had moved away. This was all in Atlanta, by the way. We all lived in Atlanta at the time. And... Anyway, long story short, Max and his wife and his newborn baby came out and visited us. It was like a couple weeks ago, Max. Wasn't too long ago. Talk yeah. About, yeah, three weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, so it came out, and I am all about like indoctrinating everyone with film <laughs> photography. <clears throat> so I gave Max one of my Nikon N90s's, a Nikon 50 millimeter f 1.8D lens. And I just shipped him a Pacific Image. 35 millimeter scanner and actually when his wife was here we did a photo shoot with his wife you can see him on instagram at is, is it dad shoots film what is it i don't want to i don't want to mess it up is it oh you yeah you already know what it is dad shoots film yeah i'm not trying to be you i'm trying to uh, <laughs> just roll off of your momentum that you got with max shoots film <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's what it is Dude, my Mac shoots film. You don't want to jump on the back of that one. I mean, I've had that account for like a year and I've only got like 1,200 followers. I had that map popping Mac one for like six months and it got like ridiculous amount for the wrong reason. And then when I stopped, posted what they, stopped posting what they wanted, they all fell off. But hey, what can you do? Okay, so where I'm going with this is, let's get back to our segment. Dumb questions from the new film shooter. So Max is super new. He literally just got his first film, the SLR. 
did his first photo shoot. He was able to scan some images with the scanner. And this is really the first time we actually talked. I mean, we texted, but not talked very much. So, so Max, what do you, first of all, before we even jump into your, to your dumb new, new guy questions and remember there's no dumb questions unless you're asking him to Mac. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so Max, what are, you, what are you thinking about film? So your initial thoughts, what do you think? Film. Okay. So a little bit of background about myself, right? Obviously Kate loves to take photos or loves to get photos taken of her. Kate, your wife. Um, yeah. She's awesome. And she, you know, she'll go around, she'll shoot with different photographers. And every time I try to take a picture of her, you know, I'm learning, right. I'm trying to mimic other photographers actions. So I'm like a novice, uh, digital photographer, not really a photographer at all. Right. But I go to film and my initial thoughts, thoughts are like, this is, uh, much more artistic than digital, right? Just the process of shooting it, just the process of being in it. It's much more what I'm going for when I'm like trying to get into photography. And when I think about, you know, artistic mediums, this is much, it kind of scratches the itch a little bit deeper than digital, right? So I've shot digital for like a year or two years, you know, um, since I've been, you know, been with Kate pretty much. Um, and then I get into film a little bit and it's much more artistic, totally feel it. I get it. Kate loves it. You know, we're all about it. And it's not just because I listen to Grainy Days, but maybe it's 90% um because we both listen to grainy days yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome. It's awesome it's cool so i, I want to like frame this up because like reality is all about like perspective and your position right and we as society we break people into groups and say you're this age group this generation you're this one so when people are making comments about things especially something as generational as film photography right uh it's important to know where people come from so i am 42 years old uh and max is in his mid-20s so it's interesting max when you say it's artistic right it's just what makes you say that about about film so I look at the the output, right? And it seems like there's you as a photographer are in a much greater position. You have a lot more responsibility to choose the film speed, to choose the situation, to capture that moment versus a digital where you're just kind of like running on the camera and just, you know, you're still capturing the moment, but it's in a different medium. I think when I look at film pictures, the the nuances of it and the imperfections of it make it a lot more appealing to me as somebody who's kind of like just getting into the space right i love the imperfections i love the scratches you know i love when i scan the film and all of a sudden there's like this this you know big piece kind of like all fucked up but it's awesome i crave that right that's really cool that's interesting to me as somebody who's just kind of getting into the space yeah yeah, I mean, because yeah. that's that's real life, right? Real life's it's fucked real up life. sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, goes it's sideways. not binary. It's totally not binary. It's like it's it's you still see the image, but it's like there's this other thing over it that just makes it so much better. It enhances it. Yeah, uh, and I think that's cool that you can, um, you know, capture that. I agree. Yeah. And then like, I know I just sent you that scanner and was, and was like, Godspeed. Uh, but th there's very, some things you can do. It's kismet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. You're, you're Pete and Dustin. You're, you're rehashing them guys, Pete and Dustin. He said your word. Uh, I think that was from the first episode too. Nice catch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's scanner settings we can do to fix some of those scratches, but yeah, a lot of those imperfections, there's a good, I remember like, I used to care about that shit when I first got into film, but dude, now if it's not like a paid shoot and I'm trying not to do paid shoots cause I want to be able to shoot what I want. Like that's a whole nother topic about how digital photographers chase going pro and getting paid and film photographers chase just like doing exactly what they would want in photography. But, um, I forgot where the hell I was going with that. Oh, the, um, the scratches and the imperfections. Yeah. Now if it's not like a paid shoot, and like I said, most of them aren't going to be anymore. I don't want to do that i will post it up there with scratches and lint on it and i remember i posted one in some 35 millimeter group and some dude was like is that scratches or lint on it and like i wanted to just flip and be like dude i don't you know that's a like the fact that somebody cares about that like why are you looking at that and not the image like i, I just that's why i'm glad i don't shoot digital anymore that was the chase and perfection and just this yeah. fake, fakeness and it's like it's a waste of time why why do I even care about that shit that's not even important like the fact that somebody wasted a millionth of a second on that that they can't get back that's unfortunate yeah i agree dude i don't know i mean so like my my background not a, a lot of exposure to photography except for the last you know four or five three or four years whatever but um 
I'm looking at it now and I see, you know, the output that you have, the output that the guys have. And it's just like, I don't know, it's something more raw. It's more, it's compelling to me as somebody kind of like from the outside looking in, it's like, this is, this evokes emotion, right? It's not just like, yes or no. Okay. That's a pretty picture. It's like, oh, I kind of feel something when I look at this, right? And and I think it's because those imperfections kind of bring that emotion out. Yeah, uh, which is cool. So, so, anyways, that's like why I'm compelled. And like, you gave me this camera, and it's like, holy shit, maybe I could maybe uh, try to take a stab at that and make yeah. something happen, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I'm trying to indoctrinate you as a hashtag mm. Boca Bro too. That's why I gave you a one eight thousandth uh, of a second. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, the guys on the negative positives Facebook group. If you guys don't follow that on Facebook, definitely like Granny Days isn't even gonna like create a Facebook group because we don't want to take away from the negative positives Facebook group. It's awesome. Like if you want to talk about photography go to that group but anyway on that group i'll post random shit just to to, to poke the bear because i know everyone will jump on me and those guys are awesome on that forum that's like the best that's the only reason to be on facebook actually <laughs> anyway uh I, I was saying uh I, I think i posted the other day that whenever i hold a camera in my hand that shoots one, less than one eight thousandth of a second i break out in hives and then i put a poll what should i do and one of them was like shoot sunny 16 it was like really obnoxious shit right and it, of course it got everybody riled up so i had to give i had to indoctrinate you as a boca bro because i mean yeah, dude yeah. you'll find out like you're shooting portraits you want to shoot wide open it's not because you're chasing boca you want to isolate your subject right you don't want everybody looking at all the shit in the background you want them looking at your um subject and if you're shooting 400 speed film you can't change the iso uh so you, you can, and if you can you can't outshoot your shutter so if your shutter can only shoot one four thousandth of a second odds are you're gonna have to shoot it f2 then the bookcase in the background is going to start showing your 50 shades of gray 50 sh- whoa, whoa, uh, darker shades it. yeah they'll see they'll see they'll see the collection max you don't want them to see that bro <laughs> excel 2013 <laughs> oh, powerpoint 2008 when you were like 12 <laughs> <laughs> oh shit okay so normally dumb questions from the new film shooter won't be this long uh long lead in but uh, max is is my, my my bro and uh i feel like his film pops now that i i've brought you into the fold yeah yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but I'm pumped for you, dude, because, like, Kate definitely uh, needs tons of content, right? And she's either going to go out and just shoot all the time with all these other dudes, which is totally fine, because then she's going to have a very diverse portfolio. But it takes the pressure off of her to have to go out and constantly, like, shoot if Pops at home can crush it. So up your game, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Trying to figure it out, man. One step at a time. Follow Joam Geddes, Ryan Muirhead, and just and just bookmark all their poses and shit, and you'll have an amazing photo session. I don't think we're at call outs yet. <laughs> Those guys are just uh, they're just amazing. All right, so are you ready to provide me your dumb questions, you yes. new film shooter? You okay? Yes. So, number one, let's do it. What, what do you got? Hold on, hold on, let me sit my vodka. Uno momento, por favor. Vodka break. Okay, you listen while you drink. All right, let's do it. So situational, right? Novice photographer getting into film. I want to hear from you if I'm trying to spend like less than $300 on a setup, what gear do I get and why and where? That's what I want to hear. Man, that's a real tough question. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So it it depends on their level of experience with photography. If they're brand new, what perspective are you saying it from? Let me ask that. Um, I mean, like I know what I'm doing to some extent, but I want to take good pictures. I don't know if film is what I want to get into, but I kind of want to experiment in it. So I'm willing to spend, you know, a few hundred dollars to get into it. Yeah. So for sure, most people today and by most people, I mean, you damn kids stay off my lawn, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> you guys are used to a lot of automation, right? So I, I would suggest and, and dude, the film community is, is like kind of slow to move along. And I love that about them because they're holding on to like a lot, a lot of older things that are really important, like fully mechanical stuff, slowing it down. Got it. Whatever. OK, but we need to find like a middle ground to bring more people over to the film side. So Matt McDonald says, I would probably roll with the Nikon N90S. That's a that's a forty or fifty dollar camera that can take most lenses out there, and somebody can literally buy that for sixty dollars and a eighty dollar fifty millimeter one point eight D lens. And dude, the fucking photos you took of Kate, you crushed it. Did you see how amazing they were? Uh, yeah, I saw. I got at least twenty five likes. 
Right, dude. Twenty five likes. <laughs> Fucking Gen Z, man. God, man. Can't even have five minutes without likes coming up. No, just kidding. I love likes too, bro. Uh, <clears throat> but look, you were running a hundred and forty dollar kit, and dude, I was standing right beside you taking photos, and our photos were pretty much the same. And I was running a sixteen hundred dollar lens, a Nikon thirty five millimeter, one point four G, on a Nikon F one hundred body, one hundred seventy five bucks. So I was running seventeen hundred and seventy five dollars worth of gear, and you were running. One hundred and forty dollars worth of gear, and your, Kate, looked, and your shit looked amazing. It's Kate. No, it it is it is Kate. Right? I have nothing. Yeah, I have nothing else to say. I mean, she, she's a layup to shoot. She knows what she's doing. She's got a unique look, so that, that makes it easy. But what I'm saying though is, but like, you could hang with me gear wise. Like, so in the digital realm, if you spend one hundred and seventy dollars, odds are there's going to be a wide discrepancy once the lighting starts changing. You know, some dudes will be like, no, yeah. I, c- I can outshoot expensive gear. Blah blah blah, and they have these YouTube videos where some guy will buy a cheap digital and a, an expensive digital, but they shoot it in bright light or whatever. But the pro cameras fall apart in, in dark light. Nikon N90s, Nikon 50 millimeter, millimeter f 1.8D, that's 140 bucks, and you said 300 dollars, and spend the rest of it on film and developing. And, and man, they'll learn so much. Where do I get it? eBay for sure. And and like everything that I'm saying is not uh, the views of Grainy Days podcast. They are of Matt McDonald, right? So whatever Matt says is just Matt, right? I, I never put it on my peeps, but so have to make an eBay account. No, make eBay and I, and look, and I only buy from Japanese people. So why? Okay, I really and Dustin and them explained it that they're uh, why this is, but I'll go through why I like it and I'll tell you what that means. So. Any Japanese seller on eBay, you'll see they have a rating system. They'll do like excellent plus plus, plus plus plus, and then you scroll down and they have like the key characteristics of the camera and they tell you if it's okay, excellent, or if it has an issue. They highlight the issues in red. So it's like, you know, dude, we're in software and technology and process and all that shit. So I love things that are organized and structured. And it seems to me, I'm not going to stereotype, but I'm going to say most of the Japanese sellers have their shit together, and it's really easy to understand what is the condition of the gear that I'm going to buy because I'll tell you, buying film cameras can be a money sink because somebody's not going to disclose something that's really important about the condition of that camera, and it's going to be a problem. Film cameras are old AF, guys. Like They stopped making cameras a long time ago. Like Some of the cameras we're buying are 30 or 40 years old. That shit ain't going to work, right? The, the Japanese guys, you'll see, Max, when you start searching. You'll even see in the the description when you're scrolling. Yeah, yeah you'll... plus plus. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And yeah. and and most of them will have like 99% satisfaction oh, okay. ratings over 2,000 transactions. I, I just like the consistency. So I would say go to eBay, look for Nikon N90s, scroll, and then the headers. Look for the ones that have E X E C and a plus, and then start reading that. So okay, so I Google film cameras, fil- cheap cheap film cameras to buy, right? Pentax comes up. I want to hear your thoughts on Pentax because Kate <laughs> and I have been looking at Pentax cameras, and I want to hear what you have to say about that. What's cool about film, like everybody really kicked ass back in the day because the body does some of the work. But where where are your values going to be? And the shit that you can buy is lenses and film stock. And then things you can't buy are like composition and lighting where you can buy lighting, but, uh, you know, pursuing good light and composition. So what you can buy and control really is the lens and the film stock. Because all all a camera body really is is a meter and uh, it opens and closes a window for X thousandth of a second. So it's not really that important. So Pent- so where I'm going with that is back in the day, they all made really good bodies because they were. it was like an arms race. Pentax is a really great company. So Mamiya's lower, Pentax is higher. So in like the 645 game, if I was going to look for like a top-notch uh, 645, it would be a Pentax. And then there's Mamiya. But Mamiya is a workhorse. It's awesome as well. I own a Mamiya, and I love it. I shot it today. Um, Pentax, they're real good. Yeah, they're, they're a premium brand for sure. Their, their glass is awesome too. Minolta's awesome. All those guys back in the day, they were in really effing good cameras. The glass is where it's at though. And when you buy glass, I'm gonna just throw this out here. Make sure you ask, does it have fungus? You know, is there dust? <laughs> is there dust in it? No, that's a real problem though. Uh, it, those old lenses grow fungus in them, and sometimes if the fungus isn't removed, it will actually etch into the glass, and that's a problem. And dudes will sell stuff and not tell you that it has fungus. That happens all the time on eBay. Okay, so you mentioned film stock, Mac. Let's talk about film stock for a second. 
so I hear that you have a lot of uh, vlogs coming out about film stock, but like, what are you thinking about when you go and purchase film stock? Like, are you just drinking your vodka and throwing darts at a bunch <laughs> of empty film boxes? Or yeah, are you like, are you taking on like cost versus quality or like, what are you thinking about? And then gear that question towards the, the novice film photographer, right? Like if I want to get into it and I don't want to spend $19 on a roll of film or whatever the fuck you pay for it, like, what do I get into? Is this cost versus quality or is it like, should I, if I'm starting out, should I just go quality right out of the gate? Or what do you think about that? All right. For you, definitely you want to have as many reps as possible. So you need to be shooting like Kodak Ultramax 400. So like what I'm looking for when I, when I buy film, of course is quality, but mainly versatility because like I'm used to, I was a digital shooter for years before I came into film. So I was used to being able to like, decide my shutter speed and um i, I know my aperture was always going to be wide open because hashtag boca bro um but i could always control my iso so if it would get darker and i, I didn't want to shoot real slow because i didn't want shake i would just jack up the iso and digital is, is negligible but in film it's locked in right so i like like a portrait 800 because i can dial it down to 500 i can shoot it at 800 and i can shoot it at 1600 um but for you you, you need to be cranking out rolls dude you need to like i would buy fuji c200 it's like 250 uh three dollars a roll i'll buy kodak ultramax you can buy that for a 390 a roll i would, I would shoot 400 speed because one thing as a film shooter like you don't understand that you're going to be shooting slow shutter speeds if you're shooting indoors with 400 speed film unless you're shooting at like f 1.4 so you you're going to want a little more ISO, but you're going to have to realize with cheap film stocks, higher ISO means more grain. But I want you to, I want you to expand on that because that I think is the biggest gap for me right now. Cause I like, like digital world, right? I think of the triangle and I think, Oh, I just fucking, you know, hold down uh, my record button and spin my knob. I turn on my ISO, but film world ISO like film speed. I want you to talk about that. And I want you to talk about overriding because I don't get that. Tell me right. about, right. I'm about to go and I'm, I'm going to buy a film. Tell me what my considerations are. And then tell me when I override that, what I need to be thinking about when I override that ISO. Cause that's like the biggest mystery for me. Right. right. Yeah. That, and that, that can be confusing as hell and i agree when that first got into it, i was like what the fuck is this guy talking about all right but so here's the deal you can push film uh which means it's 400 on the box but i know it's gonna i'm gonna shoot it. wedding photographers will do this right in the reception they'll be like or they'll be in and during the ceremony it's inside you they can't use artificial light and they're like shit it's gonna be super dark and the film i have is portrait 800 so they'll tell the camera hey camera this film, they'll dial it in and they'll override, you know, because on your Nikon N90S, you can shoot DX, which means read the the um, pattern on the cartridge and it'll know that it's 800 speed film. You can override that and say, nope, I'm going to tell you, camera, this is 1600 speed film. So what it thinks is it has one stop more of light because I remember a stop is just a doubling. So, so eight, you shoot stop down. No, stop up. So it thinks it has more light, uh, but you have to push it and put in development. So you develop it a little longer because it's actually underexposing it, right? Because it's only 800 speed film. And think ISO, just just imagine one ISO is one candle. So if you, and that is not the direct equivalent, some old man is going to just fucking bomb me online. But like, you told him it was a candle. This is an analogy so you can understand it. Uh, uh, one ISO is adding one candle. So if you were shooting with no light and somebody brought in 400 ISO film, they're bringing in 400 candles. And now they're artificially creating additional light via a candle. Uh, and that's why it's more grainy because they're using more chemicals sure, to sure. In intensify. <clears throat> so I'm going to tell the camera that this is 1600 speed because I'm going to develop it as if it was 1600 speed a longer time. And then I can extract more light out of it. So basically it's just when you know, you're going to shoot in a dark situation. So in black and white film shooters, they do that shit all the time and color that it, from my understanding and from people I know that shoot color film, they do that less. What we do is we usually pull film. Pull film is like if it's 800, I shoot it at 400. And what that does is it overexposes film by a stop. One thing about film is 
it's pretty hard to kill it with light, meaning it's hard to overexpose it to the point that you blow the highlights. When somebody says blow the highlights to a new film shooter, like what the fuck does that mean? When you blow the highlights, that means there's literally no more data available to be retrieved. It's so bright there that it's literally pure white and you, you can't slide the exposure slider in Lightroom back far enough to retrieve anything because it's just pure white. There's no more data there. Um, yeah, so what I'll do is film and film loves light like it loves way more light so today tonight perfect example i was shooting portrait 800 i was shooting in direct light and i was like i, I, I can't my shutter speed was one eight thousandth of a second uh so it, i couldn't shoot any faster and if i would have set it at 800 uh iso 800 my sensor the the computer would have said dude it's this is the brightest scene ever you're shooting with 800 additional candles of light uh you need a shutter speed of uh, 16 thousandth of a second or you need to stop down so i just tell the camera hey man it's only 500 iso and it's going to overexpose by two-thirds of a stop uh it says okay correct and then and then in post i don't even add anything it just tells the uh, calculation of shutter speed that I have less light available, so keep the shutter open longer. And if it keeps the shutter open longer, it lets in more light. So I'm overexposing, bathing that subject in light just a minute of a, a thousandth of a second longer to overexpose it, which is cool because in post, if I overexpose it by four stops and I scan it, at first you'll be like, holy shit, Mac, that uh, picture's blown out. And then I'll slide the slider back and all of a sudden everything comes in and there's good contrast. In digital, I would shoot under. If you go to Map Hopping Mac on Instagram, you scroll down and you'll see where I did all the digital work and I way underexpose shit because in digital, you underexpose a lot and then you recover it in post, right? So I would show people on the back of the camera uh, and when I shot digital and they were like, dude, those photos are dark as shit. They're going to be terrible. And I was like, no, I underexpose on purpose because I pull it up in post with film overexpose on purpose and pull it back like you'll overexpose and when you scan it you'll be like holy shit i can't even see clouds in the sky the sky is pure white and then you pull it back and then bam the sky is blue you see clouds uh there's contrast so the whole thing about pushing and pulling film is like hey my speed that this film was supposed to be is not what i need i need more light i'm going to push it to 1600 and you just develop it longer and the chemicals and that'll you know continue to develop it and bring it up to where 1600 speed would have actually been or you underexpose i mean you uh, pull it back 800 film back to 400 and you're just telling the exposure calculation that you actually have less candles so it stays open longer because it thinks it's darker and you're overexposing by a stop the funny thing is you can dial that in with ev exposure value and that's what i do a lot of times too i'll sh i'll tell i'll let the Third dx class. yeah i'll let yeah what you should do really just fucking yeah let it do dx code and then just dial in ev plus a third or plus two thirds so all that shit about pushing and pulling that goes yeah. away that's an old Dude. concept don't think about that i'm i'm sorry i even wasted I, eight or ten minutes yeah my brain just melted i don't want to do that i'm not going to do that actually no. right so i'm getting into film right and i'm not going to like write a note down on my <laughs> on my facts that i send to my my film Beeper. scanner yeah, I'm not, not going to beat my film scanner <laughs> company and be like, dude, I just shot this at, you know, 800. I need this to be at 1400. Like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, if you Whatever develop, you don't you develop it, you'll, I, you'll have to tell them that shit. I just checked. Yeah. yeah, I checked Twitter like nine times while you're just talking about that. <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing. But OK, so that's cool. And whatever. Hey, so what I'm saying is, OK, so just. Recap in 45 seconds, if I'm shooting film and I have like a uh, portrait 800 and all of a sudden, like I realize I'm in, you know, a cafe setting and it's really dark. What do I do? Do I override my film or do I, over, you know, EV it? Yeah, that's the one thing, though. You, you If you uh, you can you can overexpose it, but you can't underexpose it and save it. So just eat if you EV negative. I mean, uh, you, you fake it like it's 1600. It. it you would have to develop the whole role at 1600 and then everything that you shot, uh, not 1600 would be fucked up. So no, what you should do is shoot 800 speed film and, uh, plus two thirds it plus one thirds it, or just shoot at box speed at 800 and you'll be fine and shoot wide open. Cause hashtag Boca bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
so, yeah, that's an, a more advanced question. So, if, so that is a dumb question from the new guy. I said there's no dumb question, but if you're new, don't ask that question. That's dumb. Just shoot at box. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And, and tell your camera to overexpose by one or two thirds. Yeah. Even the old shitty cameras that you have to like do everything manually, like focus, advance, rewind, all that. I'm gonna get slayed for that. Um, you, you can even oh, dial in. Or exposure value over in that you don't have to do the ISO crazy old shit. Just just dial in oh, the exposure. Okay, values. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right. I want to know. So I don't know how much time we have. All of a sudden, I know like how you guys go two hours. Um, we're not doing two hours. We're gonna go an hour or less, and we're only thirty-five in. So you're good, bro. No, I know, but like I listen to your podcast. The one feedback that I have for you guys is don't go three and a half hours because I have no time for that. I need you to go. <laughs> I need you to go two and a half hours on that. Dude, they've never gone to. You're, you're being dramatic, just like I am. That's, I am so dramatic and awesome. Because, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I underexpose and then I bring it up. Yeah, yeah in post. End of in in the wash, but no, yeah, agreed. Uh, under two hours, it should be. This one's going to be under an hour, so you're good. Go. So, okay, so tell me when you first started shooting film. I know yeah. right now, right? You're shooting. You said you shoot like three to four films or three to four rolls per per shoot, right? But yeah. when you first started shooting, like, what were your numbers when you first switched from digital to film? Because what I'm seeing is I have a, a very hard time of like looking at that moment. And maybe it's be just because I'm like not, you know, where I should be at with photography or whatever. But I have a hard time of, you know, looking at mood boards and whatever and like understanding the shot that I want to get. And then all of a sudden, like getting in position, setting the model up, telling her him or whatever, like where to look, taking a shot digital. I can look at the back of camera, right? Just fucking rip. Look at the back of the camera. Film. When you first switched, you know what would your suggestion be for capturing that moment? And then how many rolls were you shooting? Were you originally switched? And then obviously you're now down to like three or four rolls, which is not a lot of shots. Right. Yep. That's a great question. I when I was shooting model work in Atlanta, I had started sneaking in film. So like I would only shoot four or five shots per model session. So like after maybe five or six model shoots, I would develop one roll of film. And then that, that would start telling me that that's when I immediately started understanding it. Holy shit. You can't shoot this like, like digital. Um, meaning you can't underexpose it. Everything's just all the blacks are just going to become chalky. And uh, it, it teaches you real fast that you need more light or you need more ISO. What, what you should do is, so you have a Nikon 5300, is that right? Mm, yeah, uh, Something no, like 3400. <clears throat> well, shit, that's a crop sensor. What I was going to suggest was take that, that lens that I gave you, put it on that body and take a test shot and see what those settings are and then put those settings on the film camera, but it's not going to relate because it's slightly different because it's a crop sensor. The light getting in is less on a crop sensor than a full frame. So what I, what I would suggest doing maybe is even having a notepad, right? So look in the window and see what frame you're on, right? Frame one and say, uh, two foot from the window, looking out the window, ISO 400, shutter speed at 80th of a second, and I'm shooting that F1, uh, F0.95, hashtag Boca Pro, and then see how that... Uh, and, and then and then I would say push it up a third of a stop. Next shot, write down what that is. And then when you look at your images afterwards, you can look at each frame and look at your notes and be like, okay, for this camera, for this lens, that close to that light source, it looks about like this. And pretty soon you're just going to see that overexposing about almost up to a stop is going to really give you the latitude where you can F up enough with the exposure to save it in post. Yeah, yeah. Because what I've been doing is so like... I got my, I have my DSLR and I'm at SLR, right? And I like go and I take a picture in my DSLR and I figure out like what the settings are because I'm comfortable with that. I can like look at the back of camera, see what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden I like get the same settings on my SLR and I'll take a picture and all of a sudden it's like get the film back and it's like, holy shit, maybe this isn't what I should be doing. So obviously there's some consideration in play that I haven't been taking into account. Right. Yeah. It, it sounds like, it's, yeah. Yeah. Your, your digital camera has a smaller sensor or surface area that captures the image. 35 millimeters full frame. It just has a larger surface area, so it gets more light. So it needs less light to make a proper exposure. Here's what I want to get back to. Last five minutes, whatever. I want to talk about 
after you, you know, you're in the field, you're shooting, whatever, you get back and you say, obviously, I haven't, you know, I've watched your video, but if I haven't watched your video on developing film and I go and I'm using, um, you know, some post-production lab, like indie film or whatever, right? And I send my film out and I have this, this kind of concept in my head of what these images should look like, but I've been shooting different images and I've been shooting at different, you know, configurations on my camera. When I send it off to the lab, like what are some of the things I should be writing down on my notes and like, should I be using notes at all? Like, how do I tell them, Hey, this is what I want it to look like. And I want you to expand on that. And I want you to talk about why I should do that when I'm scanning film versus when I just get the digitals and I'm in Lightroom. Yeah. So, and I want you to do that within 45 seconds because I'm going to go and grab another beer. (laughs) You're drinking that rot gut shit too. Uh, I'm drinking that Labatt blue. <laughs> See, he's a Canadian, guys. I tell you, he's a freaking Canadian. Uh, it's gonna say a and sorry, but you're saying what do you tell the the film development people? Yeah, because like, okay, I don't develop my own film. I haven't bought chemicals yet. I understand that process because I watch your video, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I send it off to a lab, right? And I've been shooting different different uh pictures at different configurations and i want to get that whole rule developed like when you do that do you tell that you know that lab like hey this is supposed to be warm you know this is supposed to be um like make every shot like it's warm make every shot like crisp or you know do you just say hey do whatever the fuck you want i'm gonna get your camera i'm gonna or I'm going to get your scans and I'm all of it. I'm going to do it in post like myself. That's, Lightroom. Yep, so that's exactly what I do. So I use the fine lab. They're amazing. I like their naming system. If you've seen on Facebook, you know, I, I have complained about some issues I had with them, but they have the best scans. They have the best naming conventions for the files too. So I know what role of film I sent roles to another lab and they didn't tell me it was portrait 100, portrait 400, portrait 160 and shit got crazy. Yeah. I just sent it to the fine lab and I don't tell them anything unless I'm pushing or pulling film. And if I'm pulling it, I'm doing that with plus EVs. So you don't have to worry about that. That means you're overexposed. I already know that when they give me the scans, I'm going to like pull the exposure down and post. So yeah, I just overexpose all my shit and I send it to the lab, let them do their thing. But remember, you know, they're baking in some type of edit too. Like Max, when you started doing your scans, you're doing a pre-edit before you would have your final image. And that's exactly what they do at the Fine Lab's doing. But he has an amazing machine doing it. Um, And most of the time, they're right there. And I'm going to make a video editing film scans from a lab, and you'll see that all my shit's like really superficial. Uh, Retouching the white balance, highlights, shadows, uh, whites and blacks, and I may throw a smidge of contrast and a little bit of sharpening, but yeah. So you've never sent a page to the lab and have been like, do this. No. What if you use like Dunwoody Labs? You've never gone into that store and been like, I want this really, really warm. No, but that's an option that you can do on the order form with a lot of these labs. You can say, hey, I want to shoot this warmer. But you know what? That's just really white balance. And like if they make that white balance into the scan. Yeah, What's the not. benefit of that versus post? And is there one? So there's man, the, the film community, they're crazy purist about like, don't touch it. H- however it is, it is. But listen, the reality is if you don't edit it, the dude who developed your film, he edited it. So he's the last person. Your cam- you, you shot it in camera thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm such a purist to send it to a lab, and now I didn't edit it, and that's just exactly. how it is. Nah, no, you, that, that's a real asshole move because you took all the time to shoot it the way you wanted it, and then you let some dude you didn't know, you don't know, like put the finishing touch on that. Fuck that. You get that back from Bill at the fine lab, and you fucking edit that image, you know? Yeah, Make dude, it your I own. might be an idiot, but like when I shoot a picture, I, gotta, I have like some kind of concept, at least to some degree, of what I want that to look like right and then if i go and send it out to a lab and all of a sudden it's like holy shit like no that's not what i want right obviously i'm gonna put that in lightroom and maybe fuck around with it but i want to know like getting into film maybe i have a local film you know development shop maybe i have my own scanner i don't know but if i'm developing it do i give those guys instructions or do i just let them fucking figure it out you know, I'll get the digitals, I'll get the digital copy, get digital file, I'll throw it in the Lightroom, I'll figure it out, right? What did you do and what do you think is like the best route to go down as a new guy getting into film? You figure it out. 
probably is what it sounds like. You shoot your pictures, let them develop it, and you figure it out. If you're a new guy, shoot your shit at box speed. If you have a DX reader, let it read that and dial in two-thirds plus EV. Not a whole exposure value over. And basically, you're shooting at two-thirds of a stop over. Send it to the lab. It's going to be slightly overexposed. It's going to be good for them because they'll be... Uh, detail in the shadows and they'll send you back the uh, scan and then you do your thing right because uh, like i said these guys there's a lot of purists out there that are really going to hate what i'm saying yeah, but like it, it's your that. image you're making this image it's your image and like if anybody no, no one can tell you that you can't make an image the way you want it to be it's your fucking image if you want to edit it dude you saw it warm it comes back from the lab cold and no contrast yes now you make it warm and contrasty you do you that's what I want to hear because like I'm, I'm shooting digital, right? I can take that picture. I look at the back of my camera and I'm like, mm, no, need to make an adjustment. Right? right. And I do that on the fly. Then I take a picture and I'm like, yes, that's what I want. That's what I saw. That's what I'm going for versus film. It's like, holy shit. You know, I maybe have like four pictures in this pose, maybe five because I'm like count three, two, and then like wait five seconds and say one and she's blinking. But like, if I'm doing that, then you know, I'm probably going to fuck it up. And then all of a sudden I get my role developed and then all of a sudden it's not what I'm thinking. All right. That's why you need to write your shit down of what you did. Box Journal. speed plus two like thirds. You're like, you're one of those guys that says like you have a baby and it's like, are you journaling? <laughs> like, do you journal? Did you read what do you expect, you're expecting? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no Edition like, like 19. Yeah, sure. No, but, but throw that shit away when you're done and you figure it out. Like, so for me, like it's not, what that film did, it's like every single stock, I did the same thing, box speed plus two third, and I shot 11 billion different film stocks, and the one that took that the best is the one I selected in this portrait hunter. You know, like choose how you're going to shoot and be like, which one of you mofos wants my business? Shoot them all, you'll find the one that lines up with you, and then then just stick with it. And find your black and white, find your color. I suggest Ilford XP2 because it's a money saver because you can develop it with C41, and it's not true black and white. And yeah, hashtag Boca Bro. I don't know why I threw that in there yet, but it, I hadn't said it in 30 seconds. It needed to be said. Mm, I'm going to shoot at F8, F over 8, and then I'm going to say hashtag non Boca Bro. <laughs> don't, do, yeah. don't. You're going to have gray hair and a walker if you do that. And like, as soon as you hit enter to submit that, you're, you're 100. Uh, all right, dumb guy, last question. What do you got? Dumb new guy. These okay. are all great questions, though, man. These are great questions, and I hope they're helpful. And like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Obviously, you buy like a shit ton of film up front, and I want to know. You you mentioned I don't know if it was like three or two or four or whatever, but some episode you were like, yeah, I was with this girl. We pulled up. We were all of a sudden at a gas station, right? And we were shooting. How do you know, like, are you choosing your location and you're like, yeah, that's permissible because all of a sudden I have this, you know, portrait 800 and I can shoot here. Are you choosing your location based on the film that you have at hand? Or are you choosing your film based on, you know, maybe I'll go to a gas station today. I don't know. Yeah, so like with, with the shoot with Kate, when when you were here, I chose it two different stocks based on what we were going to do. I knew we were going to shoot inside, and there was going to be less, so I shot Portrait 800. And then you'll see that when we went outside, uh, I gave you Fuji 400, Fuji 400H, and, yeah. I, and I shot Kodak Ultramat 400. You know why? Because we have more light. I needed less candles in the room uh, so I could sh still shoot wide open because, yeah. So, yes, I, if I know I'm going to shoot inside, I'm like, all right, fuck, I need a faster film. I need a 800. And really, there's not many 800s left out there today. So, Portrait 800 is going to be one of your only options. Send us the 800T as well. But, yeah. So, Definitely on the situation. I find my stocks at each ISO that I really love, and then I keep those in my arsenal, and I'm like, all right, I'm walking in this room. I'm going to use this one. Uh, I'm going to shoot outside. I'm using this one. Okay. So you suggest, okay, I have my N90S. I have my, my glass, right? Yeah. Um, I need to go ahead and I need to stock up a bunch of different films for the situations I'm going to shoot at. Be intelligent. Pick the right film. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, and I mean. And just yeah. do plus a third or plus a stop. 
Yeah, I mean, you're a new family guy too, right? So you're going to shoot a lot of indoor stuff with your kid. So I mean, shoot, you're going to want to pick up more fat, faster film, but you have a wide aperture. You can shoot at f1.8, so that's going to help. You just need more ISO. I mean, you're, all film shooting should be situational, uh, a situational decision based on your film. So you, dude, I would shoot four and 800, and I'd buy a shit ton of Ultramax 400. You can buy 10 packs on Amazon for like 39.95. That's a great deal, dude, for 10 rolls of Ultramax 400. That's like three dollars and ninety some cents per roll. That's rad. It's uh, good math. It's good math. Yeah, I, I did that on the fly, guys. Hey, I'm tired. I need a break. I need a. I need a sip of rum. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just load up on that, dude, and then grab a few rolls of. Uh, Portrait 800 if it's really like dark days and, and they're deeper in the living room, farther away from the window, you know, like, yes, dark parts of the house, use 800. Uh, well lit rooms, outdoors, 400, even 200. Perfect. Love it. Cool. Well, thanks, dude. It's been a pleasure. I have a hundred million questions for you guys as I figure it out, but definitely helping. <laughs> This podcast specifically, definitely helping. I listened to it, and all of a sudden, like three weeks later, I listened to the first episode, and it's like, holy shit, maybe I understand half of this stuff. So <laughs> film community, really cool. You guys got it going on. Keep it up. Mac, sick mustache. <laughs> Everybody else, probably not as good of a mustache, but keep it up. Yeah, thanks for shooting film, dude. Uh, we need as many people as possible as a rad format. And I'm glad you're into it, dude. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks for being the first uh, person on Dumb Questions from the new film shooter, Max Grand. Yeah, <laughs> Max Grandy. You can follow him at Dad Shoots Film on Instagram and check out his sweet noob shots. Yeah, Matt. Follow, follow my wife, too. My biggest fan, at Katie Grandy. There you go. Yeah. Do it. At Katie Grandy, and you'll see her stuff in my feed on Max Shoots Film. See, there we go. We're just sh sharing the love. All right, let me close this thing out real quick. Also, on the Mac Solo shows, I want to give a shout out to a YouTube channel each week, Willem Verbeek. All right, W I L E M, I guess, V E R B E K. Uh, he I think he's up in New York, shoots a lot of medium format. He makes really awesome YouTube videos. Definitely go comment on one of his videos and say, hey, dude, Mac shoots film at Granny Days podcast sent me. What up? He's a great photographer. He has an awesome podcast as well. So check out his YouTube channel. All right. So that's, that's it for the show. Hopefully you're digging the format. It's going to be like this for a couple weeks until all the guys can get back together. Definitely hit us up if you want to be on the show or you have questions you'd like answered or if you'd like to be considered for the dumb questions from the new film shooter so Max doesn't have to do it every single time grainy days days is with a z at gmail.com check us out on instagram it's grainy underscore days underscore podcast you can check out all my stuff on instagram max shoots film guess what my youtube channel yep max shoots film as well website well wait a minute that's max shoots film.com also holy shit um yeah guys it's been rad Thanks so much for listening. Max, you've been awesome. All right, guys, have a great night. We'll see you next episode. See you.